my heart goes out uh, to people suffering and struggling with different things because it's very challenging, number one, for it not to become your identity. I'm no longer Dan, I'm, I'm the, oh, you're the Lyme disease guy, right? And that's how a lot of people knew me. And for many, many years, I didn't have any friends who weren't sick because I couldn't, I couldn't communicate. Like it was hard for me to find a connection with someone who, who wasn't suffering. Welcome to Going Within, the podcast where I, David Naylor, and our guests dive deep, sharing our transformative journeys with psychedelic therapy and other awakening experiences. Join us as we explore the life-changing potential of going within and listening to inspiring stories of transformation from various life experiences and ceremonies. Now, let's go within. Dan Lennon is a fascinating individual who actively contributes to the psychedelic community here in Austin, Texas. After graduating from the University of Rhode Island, his life took an unexpected turn in 2014 at 24 years old when he experienced severe symptoms including chronic pain, fatigue, depression, and cognitive dysfunction. We look forward to hearing about his journey of awakening and healing and how he healed Lyme disease through psychedelic therapy. Dan, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. I've, I've heard about the story that you have and the dark night of the soul that you have been through. Mm. Um, and I want to just jump right into that. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience of you know, what happened to you uh, that created all the chronic pain and the chronic illness. And yeah, what, how old were you and, and what was that experience like? I lived a pretty normal, healthy life uh, for the most part up until I was in my early 20s. Um, and I believe it was uh, 2013, so I was 23. Um, oh, wow. Started experiencing like severe symptoms of uh, fatigue and pain. Um, and I couldn't really put uh, a finger on it. And mm. uh, I went to my primary care doctor and um, said, Hey, I'm not, this, something's not right here. Um, you know, and, uh, he said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll run the tests on you and we'll get to the bottom of this. And unfortunately that led to, um, a journey of about three years, actually seeing about every provider you could imagine from rheumatology, neurology, uh, infectious disease, all kinds of things. And, uh, they pretty much told me, there's nothing wrong with you. We can't find anything. Um, you know, we think you know you might be depressed. You know, uh, we have some some medication you could try, um, but pretty much told me it was all in my head, and uh, I knew that intuitively that wasn't the case. I, I felt and heard my body talking to me and telling me that hey, something's wrong, and uh, that led me on like a path of about three years seeing 20 plus doctors and being like the youngest kid in a rheumatologist and a neurologist. And um, I grew up in Rhode Island, um, but you know, normally if you don't get the care you need, you go up to Boston cause it's like world-class medical. So I started mm -hmm. going up, uh, seeing doctors up there and still it wasn't really finding any answers. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was a, really harsh wake-up call that um, you know you have to be your own advocate and really tune in here and listen to yourself uh, because um, what I was hearing from the providers just wasn't resonating. What are your parents or family thinking at this time? Like what, what are their opinions and thoughts on the views on the matter? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
honestly, I mean, I'm humble and grateful that uh, I was able to be on my mother's insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so that that um, change in the law where you could stay on your parents' insurance till you're 26, 26. that yeah. saved my life. Um, so I'm very humbled and grateful for that. But um, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm an adult at this point. So it's like I'm, I'm in charge of my own care. Mm -hmm. um, so it was mainly me going to the appointments on my own and you know my family knew that I wasn't uh, feeling well but you know they didn't really know what to do you mm -hmm. know my mom actually um, was a nurse her whole life okay. and, and um, cut her teeth in the hospitals and then uh, finished in the school system but um, you know you don't know what you don't know and she didn't know what was wrong I didn't know what was wrong um, and it wasn't until I really like put on that hat of um, advocating for my own health that uh, I actually ended up uh, educating my family on what, what I went through so tell me some of the couple of like the the hardest memories or things that you experienced during this time for those few years like anything that that just sticks out honestly the loneliness um, yeah um, just in a very dark place and um, spinning my wheels and uh, not really feeling a lot of hope. And then um, looking around and not finding others within that similar mm -hmm. uh, circumstance. Mm -hmm. So um, really just humbled and grateful for, to be honest, complete strangers online yeah. who helped me yeah. Um, in really desperate times, um, putting out lab work in a, in a group. Someone actually suggested, the doctor who helped change my life, um, that was a complete stranger online that said, hey, you need to go down to New Haven, Connecticut and see this specific, he's a PA actually. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he helped accurately diagnose me, wow. found that I was actually off the charts um, for Lyme. Lyme disease and uh, babesiosis, which is a co-infection, <clears throat> which a lot of people don't know. I didn't know anything <coughs> about, but uh, essentially these ticks carry multiple pathogens, multiple they diseases. Do. And what I didn't learn and, you know, why it took me three years to get my diagnosis was that the testing is very flawed um, for Lyme and co-infections. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to go more specialized, right? More specialized doctor, more specialized lab work to yes. find the problem. Yeah, and it, it also just has a lot of variability. So depending on when you were bit, how they tested you, how your immune system is responding, um, without getting too much into the weeds, like um, technically by the CDC definition, Lyme is um, not supposed to be diagnosed through blood work. It's uh, actually a clinical diagnosis, meaning you ideally would develop a rash you see the rash, you go to your doctor, they give you doxycycline or some, you know, traditional antibiotic and ideally you could go back to your normal life. But uh, what I learned later is that only like 30% of people develop uh, the rash and I never did. So um, it went to the blood work and originally I was told that I was negative for Lyme, but it really was that I just wasn't fully positive. And, mm -hmm. you know, lastly I'll say on that is um, you know, this is part of the issue within like the Western paradigm of medicine is like, you know, they want you to fit into this special box. Sure. And if you don't fit exactly into that box, then they say, oh, sorry, you know, you know, there's nothing we could do for you. So it wasn't that I was negative. Um, it wasn't, I wasn't fully positive. 
um, according to this one serum test. Um, but then, yeah, once I was tested in a different way, uh, two different ways, then they realized how really sick I was. And um, honestly, I had multiple providers be like, I don't know how you're sitting here. Um, you're, according to your labs, like you, you shouldn't be able to be functioning. Um, and then I still had to um, scratch and claw to get the medicines that I needed, believe it or not. Um, because yeah, that's, that's the other challenging part. Um, you know, a lot of these medicines are, are very expensive and, you know, uh, they want you to go the most cost effective route possible. Um, like one round of medication for babesiosis, uh, is like over a thousand dollars per week. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was very challenging. And, you know, the other thing that people really don't understand about Lyme is if you don't catch it early, then it's incredibly difficult to um, overcome. So for me, uh, after I got my diagnosis, I ended up uh, in treatment uh, for several years. I had an IV in my arm on and off for two years. Um, I did all kinds of injections, um, tons of uh, oral medications, oral antibiotics, which are really not great for you. They're really bad on your gut actually, which you know, it's like your second brain mm -hmm. um, and the, the pillar of your immune system. Mm -hmm. But uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of options at that point, um, you know, and, you know, with the antibiotics, I, I also was doing community acupuncture. I was talking to a psychotherapist. I, I was doing all the things I could do, but it was still uh, incredibly challenging to get back to my, my, my baseline. Wow, man. So this is incredible. So intuitively you knew something was not right like mm -hmm. tell me what that must have like what was that was it through like just an intuition you kept you knew is it through dreams was it through like just your your sickness like how did you intuitively know something was wrong with you i wish i could say that i was um actually tuned into my intuition mm -hmm. um i was so disconnected from my intuition so it was it was the physical sensation it so it's like pain. my my feet you know were just on fire um, and my back was just really stiff. Um, like I said, severe fatigue. And then I had cognitive dysfunction. I didn't really realize it. It took me a while to really accept it, but my, my memory was really bad. Is that like brain fog a little bit? Yes. Yeah. <coughs> so I, I mean, I remember one specific instance when, you know, I'm a few years in now and I have my certain tests and really, you know, I come from an arts background, mm -hmm. so, um, I have no medical knowledge. But now I'm like, okay, well, if some, you know, I have to be my own advocate. No one's going to come save me. No one's going to come do this for me. So I started learning, okay, this is how I read this lab. This is what this means. And I remember specifically, I mean, I was living my life for years, appointment to appointment. So like to get into these specialists, it usually takes anywhere between three to six months. So then when you're like all hyped up to go see this specialist, you better make sure like, you, everything you wanted to ask them and you know all this stuff so I remember very specifically I had my stack of labs and I brought them and uh, I had studied them I had known them like the back of my hand or so I thought but I couldn't think clearly because of the brain fog so I had to lay all my papers out I, he was like can you sit down on the you know where you sit on a regular um, table for a exam and I was I laid out all my papers on there. It was like looking like a conspiracy theorist, like, but this lapse is this, and you're trying to connecting you know, all the dots. Put, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, 
that's, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but like, that's what I'm really grateful for. You know, my path within, uh, plant medicines is that it allowed me to, um, tune in inward and Mm. to really, um, get to know my intuition. I was so disconnected from any inner voice prior to yeah. the medicine path that uh, all I had was the mind and the physical sensations. Let's talk about that now. You said plant medicine um, really had a big impact and a, a huge benefit for you. Mm. What I want to know is, you know, there are other people out there that are struggling with all kinds of chronic illness and disease and pain probably also disconnected from their intuition. And you were falling back on the paradigm, the current paradigm of mental health, what we're all taught, right? You know, go to the doctor, they give us prescriptions, you know, we gotta fit into that box, and if not, you know, the insurance box, that whole game. You did that for several years. What had you, for? I have a lot of questions here, but what had you first look at plant medicine as an alternative? So I, I, heard the call um, for ayahuasca specifically uh, about five years before I sat with her. Um, I had the perception that you had to go into the middle of the jungle and have an abundance of resources to to do that, you know. So, um, uh, yeah, so like I said, it took me five years to eventually um, get with her, but... um, yeah. Uh, How did that change your life, sitting with plant medicine, ayahuasca in specific? The plants, um, it allowed me to realize that I am not my body. I am not this pain. I am not this vessel. Um, I'm something much deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the soul essence that inhabits this flesh. Um, and the first time that I sat with the medicine, ayahuasca, um, that was that first epiphany that I was like, oh wait, I'm not my pain. I'm not this body. Um, I'm just inhabiting it. And, uh, that was incredibly profound, you know? And, uh, because the, the, really the big challenge is not having any separation from the suffering, from the pain. It's just pain, 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 suffering, 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 fatigue, fatigue, fatigue all day, every day. And it weighs on your spirit. You know? oh, yeah. So like people, I, my heart goes out. Uh, to people suffering and struggling with different things because it's, you know, it's very challenging, number one, for it not to become your identity. So, you know, I'm no longer Dan. I'm, I'm the, oh, you're the Lyme disease guy, right? And that's how a lot of people knew me. And for many, many years, I didn't have any friends who weren't sick because I couldn't, I couldn't communicate. Like, it was hard for me to yeah. find a connection with someone who, who wasn't suffering. Yeah, you were um, wearing it as a badge of honor. You're wearing that identity, like... I'm sick. I have Lyme. I'm my body. Like, and you just wear it, right? And yeah. it becomes the identity. Big time. Yeah. So, um, like you were saying, like through the plants, you know, I learned that, uh, nope, uh, that is not me. That's not who I am. I'm something much deeper. I have, you know, other, um, purpose here. I mean, for me, the way I view the illness and things like that is, uh, it um, it's a vehicle for transformation for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it allowed me to um, really 
peel back the veils of, you know, what I thought this existence and, you know, this plane and what, why am I here, you know? And for a long time, it's just like, you're suffering, you're suffering. Like, what's the purpose? Like, why? Like, what did I do? You know, what, you know, how am I, you know? And uh, now I'm just like, oh, like, okay, this was um, my initiation, really. Um, and, you know, a, a vehicle to awaken um, and to see past just the physical, um, you know, because, you know, when you're sick, um, none of the titles matter, none of the money matters, none of the stature, none of that stuff matters. All you want to do is just be well. Um, and really understanding and, and feeling the blessing that it is to be alive um, and just to be able to go down the street and get a smoothie or to go see your friend or, you know, just the very simple things in life. Like, oh, this is like the beauty of life and may I never take it for granted because it can be taken away from you at any time. And that, that's the big thing with chronic illness that a lot of people don't realize is that it can literally happen to anyone at any time. doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. doesn't matter the letters behind your name, your background, your religion. It, it doesn't matter. Um, and I've seen it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just um, really humble and grateful for these plant teachers um, to have put me on this path and to have completely changed my life. Um, yeah, it's... that's a pretty profound, uh, experience to go into an ayahuasca ceremony, which I'm sure like, you know, how did you find that ayahuasca ceremony first of all? And where was it like, and, and, and was there any resistance Did you like to just walk me through like that, that experience of, of how you came to know about it and then how you knew it was right for you? Yeah, it's funny. How it came into my awareness was actually um, Chelsea Handler had a reality show in like yeah. the mid-2000s or something. And that was like the first time I had heard of it. And uh, I was going through a really dark time. And my sister was actually going through a really dark time. And we were like, if we could find a way, we'll go to the jungle and, you know, do this work. And that was kind of it. And, uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't until five years later um, when I came down to Austin that... Uh, I just, everywhere I went, I felt like it kept coming up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a, uh, someone who became a close friend of mine um, was having a ceremony, he was participating in a ceremony in Dallas. And I was like, in Dallas? What do you mean, you know? And uh, that's when I learned that, you know, people are doing this, this work here wow. in the States. Oh. And, um, yeah, he opened the door for me. And uh, that, that's the other thing that is really a, part that um, is important to me he uh, my friend Sam actually uh, started he paid for me to start going to ceremony Wow um, I was I mean through this journey I was on food stamps Medicaid um, you know didn't really have anything I've, I've never received any kind of um, disability I mean in order to do that you have to like go through a very um, long multi-year process with lawyers and things like that to fight for like the scraps that you'll get to be on disability. Um, and actually I was told uh, a few years into seeing all those 20 doctors, um, I, my mother drove me down to New York City to see, they were telling me I had chronic fatigue and she, uh, the provider within the first five minutes of the conversation, you know, for really what I was looking to get help to feel better, mm -hmm. told me you should start applying for disability now, which is just like, 
killed my spirit. And uh, she's like, I know you don't want to hear that, but two or three years from now, you're going to thank me. And uh, I'm not saying it was right. Honestly, there were times that I was like, was, did I make the right choice? But I pretty much was like, F you. I'm just starting my life, and I'm going to get back to working again. I'm going to get back to living again. And uh, I'm happy to say that I am back there. And if it wasn't for ayahuasca, I would not be there. And to answer your question, um, you know, like I said, my friend opened the door for me. Um, he just told me, this is when the ceremony is. Don't worry about anything else. Just show up. And... Uh, yeah, he, he, you know, changed my life, helped save my life. And like I said, in that, in that first um, medicine experience, I w honestly, I wasn't scared. You know, it's like when you get to a place where you're suffering for so long, I, I was just in a place of surrender. So yeah. it's just like, I'm yeah. ready, you know, like. You were ready. Let's, you Is, isn't it, fa I mean, to me, it's fascinating. Started when you were 23, several years, almost near a decade of, of, in that old system, kind of like someone in the prison system or the jail system, you're in that medical system. Mm -hmm. No idea what was going on with you. Finally find out you have Lyme disease, your own disability, you're wearing it, I'm my body, I'm sick, I have Lyme, like so heavy, right? Mm -hmm. And then ayahuasca opens up your mind, opens up from a huge view outside of that that you're not your body and that you're a soul and that you're a traveler and that you're just inhabiting this body mm -hmm. profoundly changes your perspective profoundly changes your life mm -hmm. so what happens now like now what is your i want to i want to learn about like your ascension and your rise from this take us through that journey what happens now hmm. yeah that's a great question um well, I, I wish I could say it's, it was all sunshine and butterflies, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it opened the door um, to changing the way I operated in the world. So um, meditation, I was never able to be still. Um, I constantly lived up here. Um, so when I first started sitting with medicine, I, I really started to understand presence and um having a stillness practice has been completely transformative to realize that I am not my thoughts. My thoughts are just a stream of consciousness mm -hmm. and I don't have to identify with them. Mm -hmm. um, and also my sensations, I am not my sensations. Um, and yeah, so um, being able to have some space between um, thoughts and sensations and realizing that I'm, you know, actually conscious being, um, and, you know, huge part is that I, I'm not separate and I'm, I'm not different than anyone. And actually, in my belief, you and I and all of us are, are on a shared consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes the plants and that includes mm -hmm. the animals and all beings. Um, so for me, that was incredibly empowering where it's just like, oh, wait, I'm not just out here on my own trying to, you know, get my 401k or, you know, whatever. It's like, oh no, we're all here on a collective consciousness and, um, you know, we incarnated here for a reason and, you know, I incarnated here for a reason and how can I um, do the most good that I possibly can, uh, you know, in this carnation. Um, so, yeah, I really, um, after the journey, I, I continued, you know, I, I would uh, go back every, you know, few months 
um, for several years um, working with the medicine and uh, just making subtle shifts. You know, it's not like a lot of people have this perception like, oh, if I could just get to this ceremony or, you know, whatever, I, oh, you know, then it's going to solve everything. And it's like I fell flat on my face many times thinking, you know, just this next ceremony will heal me or this next this next medicine will heal me. And it's like, no, 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 it's right here. I I'm going to heal myself. Mm. Um, these these plants are, are incredible tools and allies. They're not going to heal me. They're not going to do the work for me. Mm. Um, and, you know, I also struggled, to be honest with you, this is before the current renaissance that we're in with plants and with being in the news every day, it feels like, right? Mm -hmm. So, honestly, after doing my medicine work, I felt very alone. Um, and I think that's not really talked about a whole lot. Like, you're going to go into this expansive consciousness and all these things, like, who do you have to relate to? Like my mm -hmm. partner at the time, she hadn't had any experience with that. My family had no experience with that. Like who, what community do you have? Who do you, you have know? to talk to about it? So I felt very alone and I felt like, you know, oh, I felt very expansive and, you know, oh, you know, um, I have this connection with the divine now. I mean, I, I grew up like uh, Roman Catholic, uh, very disconnected from that. You know, it was just in my family lineage. But now it's like, oh, I, I get to create my connection with the divine. I get to, to nourish and, and hone that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, within my experience with the plants, they taught me that I'm not separate from the divine. I, I am a part of the divine, mm -hmm. which is like scary but empowering at the same time, right? Yeah. Um, so like prayer, you know, prayer has been a huge part of my life for, mm -hmm. since I started working with the plants and mm -hmm. I'm totally humble and grateful, mm -hmm. praying before I eat, praying before I consume certain things, giving gratitude to clean water, to, you know, things that a lot of people don't have access to and not taking those things for granted. Um, but also like the power of the mind, like believing that, you know, I am whole, I am wise, I am free, yes. you know, and it doesn't have to be that, you know, I'm 100% pain free or, you know, everything, you know, just is, is uh, you know, there's no suffering. I mean, for me, it's just like I, I, I do my best to embrace the suffering, allow it to teach me. I do still experience symptoms, you know, I, I'm a lot, lot better than I was. I was bedridden on and off for two years. Um, I definitely was, you know, got to the point of, you know, not that I was actionable, but suicidal thoughts, um, severely depressed mm. years talking in circles and talk mm. therapy. Mm. And once again, I, I'm, I'm privileged that I had access to talk therapy. I'm privileged that I had access to these doctors, but it still didn't really get me anywhere. Right. So, um, you know, like I said, like, you know, it's been said in the, in the community, um, but that whole inner healing intelligence um the plants working with the plants and working with my own presence and in consciousness allowing myself to um nourish that inner healer and be like let me check in and and really see like what do i need in this moment okay i need some community okay well what does community look like and um really humble and grateful that uh found men's work mm -hmm. and that's been incredibly transformative mm -hmm. for me so mm -hmm. every week showing up doesn't matter if you're you know how you're feeling things like that showing up for your other brothers mm -hmm. your other brothers showing up for mm -hmm. you um that has been like incredibly transformative yeah. you know it's a lot of support right a lot of support. tell us tell us now how do you feel do you feel 
do you still feel pain? Do you still feel fog, brain fog? Do you still feel, you know, the chronic pain, or has that completely gone away? Um, I'm. I will say I'm not controlled by my pain anymore. Mm. I'm not controlled by the fatigue anymore. Cognitively, very sharp. Mm. Um, awesome. You know. So yeah, I mean, I'm light years where I was. Amazing. You know. Um, I still, you know, do my best to honor the privilege it is to exist. So what that looks like to me is putting the best things in my body, yeah. being around the most positive, encouraging people that I can, yeah. you know, inspiration, being in your hear, hearing a call to, to change your location. I mean, I, I just up and um, it wasn't until I actually went to Costa Rica in the middle of winter, living on the East Coast, severely depressed snow dumping down and I had another relative stranger say, hey, come stay with me out in Costa Rica. And I had a really transformative experience out there um, and I felt so much better with more sunlight. So mm -hmm. I went, I packed up my sedan and I got in the car and drove down to Austin, Texas. That's I only cool. knew one other person. Didn't I didn't really have any money. I didn't have a job. I, it wasn't a traditional like, oh, this makes sense. It was just like, I know I need to do this. So like whatever that call is for you, for that person, listen to it, mm. you know, coming down mm. here in Austin, like it, it's been completely trans transformational for me and mm. the community that's here, the people doing the, the deep inner work, um, holding space for others, whether it's, you know, in community groups, whether it's mm -hmm. in medicine spaces. Mm -hmm. I mean, now I'm at a place where I'm, I'm privileged to hold space for others. Yep. Um, a medicine that came up through my work with ayahuasca is combo and uh, I've been working with that medicine for <coughs> five years um, receiving it and now I facilitate that medicine Bro. so it's it's been a powerful ally to me um, you know and I, I found the other tools that have been powerful to me you know grateful for the fungi you know the the mushroom medicine has been completely um, a game changer for me 5-MeO-DMT is an incredibly beautiful medicine that I work with. Um, you know, psilomethoxin has been an incredible medicine for me, yeah. you know. Really and so just finding the tools that work for you. It doesn't all have to be the plants, you know, like uh, exercise. I mean, I, you know, I, I do my best every day to move my body in some way. Mm -hmm. um, yoga, you know, completely transformative. But that said, you know, I've had many people say to me when I was struggling, have you tried yoga? Have you tried this? Um, so I, I would always just say, like, if you meet someone on your path who's struggling or suffering, to meet them where they're at. Yeah. You know, um, I, I do my very best if someone says, oh, I'm really struggling with this. I'll take a breath and I'll pause and I'll say, okay. And just honoring whatever someone's feeling. Because a lot of times it was very like, challenging for me when you're struggling with something. Is someone coming to you and being like, have you tried yoga? Mm -hmm. Have you tried like green tea instead of coffee? And it's just like, dude, do you think if it was that easy, I would have already cured this shit mm -hmm. by now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, not going into, and that's what I love about like holding space and, and being a part of like sacred containers is just being with what is. Right. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to solve anything. You don't have to like, oh, let me get this Palo Santo or this. No, no, let's just sit in the discomfort and I'm here with you. And whatever ugliness, you might have the ugliest cry in the world. I'm not going to look at you any differently. I right. love you just as much, right. you know, and just, just accepting it and being with what is. What I love about your story 
and I think this is for anyone listening that is in a, in a dark place, in a dark night of the soul, in a, in a transition state of consciousness that I call it. You know, if you're looking for the old medical paradigm of like, oh, being labeled with depression, anxiety, uh, a disorder, a disease, yeah, we, we live in that world where you'll be labeled for that. But there is another world that you can actually heal your life and you can expand your consciousness and you can become one with yourself and find that deep sense of belonging, that deep sense of love, that deep sense of wonder, curiosity. You know, um, what, it reminds me of a Jesus uh, scripture that said, we can't enter the kingdom unless we're like a child. And like we get back that like love and wonder and curiosity um, and plant medicine can absolutely be tools to expand that consciousness. But I love what you said that the healing is here and it's up to you to lean in. And overnight, you're not gonna become a combo facilitator like Dan. Overnight, you're not gonna become a space holder like Dan. He was in a decade-long process of healing and the dark night of the soul. And then, and then he finds plant medicine and he said he fell flat on his face a few times during that time. And then, but he, he goes back into the work and over time, you start to become your like who you are. You get to create your life, your instrument, your tune, your music, and it's unique and it's beautiful. And plant medicine can just help open up your mind. Uh, I'm really grateful to have you on the show. You have a very similar story to, to me, actually, when I drove to Austin with knowing, now I knew one person, I was 29 years old, and I packed up a sedan, and I, and I came during my dark night of the soul. And so you're 33, I'm 43, but you, 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 you have more of a story and more like similar than I've never met someone. And I look forward to getting to know you more because it's, it's such a, I see myself so much in you. And I'm really grateful you, you woke up a lot, a lot sooner than I did. <laughs> uh, so thank you for all your work and thank you for being on the show and uh, tell, tell everyone how they can find you. Yeah. Um, Thanks, thank man. You. Thanks yeah. for being here. Thank you for joining us today on the Going Within podcast. The Going Within podcast is sponsored by Within Center. Within is a ceremonial psychedelic assisted wellness center in the heart of Austin, Texas. Discover more about our transformative practices at within.center. If you enjoyed this episode, we kindly invite you to follow us and share your thoughts with a review. Going Within is hosted by David Naylor, production led by Patrick Stanger, and filming and production by Rare Media. Please note the statements made on Going Within have not undergone evaluation by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Within, we strongly recommend consulting your healthcare provider for personalized guidance on the diagnosis and treatment of any disease or condition.